Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode of TWIP is brought to you by Shutterstock.com with over 20 million high-quality stock photos, illustrations, vectors, and video clips. Shutterstock helps you take your creative projects to the next level. For 30% off your new account, just go to Shutterstock.com and use the offer code TWIP11. This week on TWIP, a very special one-on-one interview with the one and only Chase Jarvis. It's Tuesday, November 27th, 2012, and this is TWIP. Welcome back to TWIP. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today on the show, an interview with one of the masterminds behind Creative Live, Mr. Chase Jarvis. Now, Chase and I sat down to chat about his photographic beginnings and how he parlayed his online popularity into a $7.5 million investment from Greylock Partners. But before we jump into that interview, I want to make a quick announcement. The winners of our most recent This Week in Photo contest. So thank you to everyone who entered the contest. We had a huge and enthusiastic response. And based on that, we'll definitely be doing more of these. So look for the next contest soon. So without further ado, the winners of this most recent contest for Silarina's new book, Lighting for Digital Photography, goes to... Listener Father Anthony and listener JE4466. So you two will be uh, getting copies of Silarina's book, Lighting for Digital Photography, and we'll be emailing you to get your shipping information. So thanks everyone who entered, but never fear, there's always another contest around the corner. Okay, without any more delay, let's jump right into this interview with Mr. Chase Jarvis. All right, a special treat today. I'm here with Mr. Chase Jarvis, as you can see in the video. Chase is, uh, actually, you can see it in the video if you're watching this on the website. If you're listening to this, then you can't see him. And I suggest you go check out our YouTube channel or or thisweekinphoto.com to see the video for this. But uh, Chase is a, Chase, what are you? Chase is an artist. He's a photographer. And most recently, Chase is an entrepreneur taking the e-learning and distance learning worlds by storm doing some crazy cool stuff he is one of the like one half of the creative force um behind this little thing you may have heard of called creative live uh chase on this photography side has done i mean you chase you've had like fortune 500 clients and magazines and all this stuff so you live in the dream of the <laughs> photographer you are i mean you uh, let me let me reverse that you live in my dream. <laughs> so you, you're a photographer and an entrepreneur, and you're just crushing it. So today, I mean, I've had you on the show before, and we talked about the history of Trey or history of Chase, but I want to go into that a little bit. But I also want to talk about just your is how you uh, got to this point, how you conceptualized Creative Live, how you put it all together, and just let's just let it flow. I want to get under the covers of Creative Live and just sort of figure out what, what makes the whole thing tick. So welcome to This Week in Photo. Well, thank you so much, man. I, I am a fan of the show. Um, I, I think fondly of the last time I was on the show. That was probably like two years ago now. It I think was, yeah. The best, camera, the best camera app had come out. Um, but thank you very much for having me on the show. And 
as far as living the dream life, it's sort of like uh, it's sort of like sausage. You know, you don't <laughs> like to watch it made. You watch it being made, but it tastes good at the end, right? So it's probably looking real good where you're sitting. But uh, yeah, yeah, a lot, of hard, a lot of hard work that goes into it. But no, thank you again for having me on the show. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really enthusiastic about Creative Live. You mentioned that, and I'm happy to go wherever wherever you want to take this man this is cool this is a rare opportunity i tell you because i you know as a twip listener though i'm a huge fan of creative live and just education for photographers in general especially this kind of education where you're you, you just take all the friction away where you can just sit in your your pajamas in front of your computer and learn from some of these crazy minds out there you know that just know all this stuff and have done the stuff that you dream to be doing and you don't have to I mean, not not to say that conferences are bad or anything, but we don't all have time to get on a plane and spend three or four days in Vegas or New York or whatever. For the rest of us that don't have the time to do that, this is an awesome solution. I mean, it's perfect for that. So I want to talk about that. So let's let's just dive in. You know, let's let's talk about you. You know, for the folks that you know may not be familiar with with where you came from and how you came up and all this stuff. What is the Chase Jarvis story just from, from Ooh. you know, the beginning? You're walking, <laughs> you know, you grew up in a coal mine. And <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the um, classic tenure overnight success. Yes, um, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, without going to the, like, the literal beginnings of um, the, the short version is that my, I'd been a fan of photography my whole life and but grew up, <clears throat> I was an only child and grew up as a, as a very creative kid. My parents would, you know, I... I tell the story of my parents giving me a block of wood and saying, go play in the backyard for five or six hours until dinner time and had to sort of entertain myself. So I think that, that developed a lot of my, um, my imagination, but, you know, fast forward, my, my father was a hobbyist. My grandfather was a hobbyist. And in a weird turn of events, my grandfather passed away and and willed me his cameras. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was, um, sort of an, an, uh, an artist trapped in a jock's body is the way I, I think about it because I'd always wanted to be an, an artist, but because of societal pressures and whatnot, I was more apt in, in pursuing a, uh, a career as a soccer player. So I went to college on a soccer scholarship and, and spent my sort of teens trying to reconcile the, the jock and the artist. And it was really the sort of the skate punk and the surf scene in Southern California where I went to school that helped me, sort of break out of that and, and become the thing that I wanted to be. And, and at around that time when my grandfather died, I was with his cameras and, and started pursuing the thing that was, that was my passion. And I think there's something like it, it actually relates very much to creative live because as I was like wanting to pursue this passion, I had to say no and say like turn away from so many things that culture or that our society wanted us to be. And yeah. that's not to say that accountants and doctors and lawyers and, and chefs and bakers and candlestick makers, that, <laughs> that there are not a million ways to have a great life. But one of the things that I feel is really interesting in our culture is we're usually pushed into something. Mm-hmm. And so rarely are the things that we're pushed toward the things that we're designed or that we're passionate about or where we want to do. Yep. And, and so now I've, when I think of this, you know, this career that I have been super, super lucky to have fallen into and have, have cult- cultivated for myself, it really came about from, <clears throat> from quitting a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And this is like the part that you're not taught, that you're not taught and, and yeah. to be, be so passionate to follow your passion. Cause that's really only the way that you can, 
the only way for you to learn all of the stuff that's necessary to learn to become, if you want to pursue photography, for example, at the professional level, you'll have to work so hard and there'll be so many barriers thrown in front of you that it only makes sense to, uh, you know, to overcome those barriers if you're doing something you actually like. And that is the biggest weed of all. And that's how my story, I feel like, relates not just to photography, but to just people pursuing their passions in life. And that, again, will connect forward in just a second to creative live. Yeah. But, you know, here I, I'm uh, just finished uh, shooting a commercial a couple days ago. I'm going to San Francisco on Monday and Tuesday next week for work and then New York for a campaign the following week and then Monaco two weeks after that. And so it's, it's a, it is this life that you just articulated and these are all major, major clients, but it, it the path to here for me to get here is this is the same path for anyone who's going to pursue any of their paths or any of their, any of their passions. Um, and I'm reading a couple interesting books right now. One of them is called mastery. It's by the author, Robert green. Hmm. Um, he sold millions and millions of books. He's written, um, a book called the 48 laws of power, mm-hmm. the art of seduction. Um, the 50th law, he studied strategies for war. He's a really fascinating guy. And he's actually going to be on chase Jarvis live next Wednesday. Oh, nice. I don't know when this thing comes out, but, um, this will be on Wednesday. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, there you go. I, I don't know if it, the timing lines up, but it's 11 o'clock Seattle time, but the book is called mastery and it follows this path of having to find what it is you're meant to do in life. Mm-hmm. Apprenticing or learning from people who know who know more or or imitating or following and then being able to sort of sort of achieve and that is basically the path that again I've taken but I feel like any reader whether it's your goal is to learn how to shoot with a with off-camera lighting or whether your goal is to become a professional yeah. or if you're an accountant and you want to transition to being a lawyer and you're listening to the podcast all these things are are sort of relevant yeah that's 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 completely sage advice that's the the I mean, there's there's one myth that I like I I like to debunk when I talk to people, and it's your parents perpetuate this, you know, with the whole you can you can be anything you want to be in life. So and, long as these three things <laughs> exactly. You can well you can you can be anything you want to be, but you're only supposed to be one or two things, right? And your brain is wired to do one or two of those many many things very well. Like some people, you could go into politics. And you'd be a mediocre politician, but you'd be an awesome chef, right? So, right? So, yeah. So it's 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 really interesting. So I want to talk about that that failure piece a bit, a little bit, because a lot of people they begin and when I say a lot of people, I'm talking about me, of course. But a lot of people they think that okay, they look at Chase and they say they see the end result, they see the souffle coming out of the oven, and they don't know how you put it together. A lot, a lot right? of men- place yeah so there's a lot of broken eggs right so tell me about the broken eggs what was the path and then how do you pick yourself up from those broken eggs and keep going because that's that separates the winners or the the people that you know people say oh wow he's chase is so lucky he's the luckiest guy in the world which there may be some of that in there but yeah but luck is for those who seize upon it right so how do you how do you pick yourself up from falling down failing getting sand kicked in your face at the beach to go on to be the muscle builder guy. Yeah. I think that's, that is, there's a, there's a, uh, a trend emerging in our conversation here, which is, you know, it's a little, there's a lot of, um, of question and answer that happens inside oneself and a yeah. lot of, um, 
Well, I, I guess to, to use your question as a really intelligent departure point is that there, I feel like we are constantly told what to do. In, in, in sometimes unintentional ways, our parents have the best intentions, our teachers or whatever, but really only you can answer for yourself. And sometimes after a lot of trouble, what it is that you want to do. So, the, you know, to, I, I guess what, what you're asking is how did you become what it is that you're doing right now? Mm-hmm. Because I actually was able to do something that is not programmed in our society, which is find what I was supposed to do. Yeah. And, and I had to learn to, to say no to a lot of stuff and pursue my passion. And the irony is that once you're on that path, let's just call it your dream job or career path or whatever, that all these breaking eggs, as you mentioned, they, they, every time you hear no, no, isn't a no, it's a not yet. And, and it's really those, those except, except when you're dating, Che, this, (laughs) No means no. <laughs> but those, those hurdles that, that if, for example, if I was going to want to go to law school right now and I found out how hard it was to apply and you had to take the LSAT and you had, those would be hurdles that would go, I have no idea how this person became a lawyer because that's so hard. Well, it's probably not the thing that you're intuitively cut out to do. And when you find that, that true passion, these little hurdles, these broken eggs, they are just super temporary. And, and that, in fact, if you look at those barriers as designed to keep everybody else out yeah, and how you to sort of to, to find out what it is that you want to do and to separate you from your competition, to me, that, that really ended up being the difference. I was as, as many setbacks, as many failures, as many – I spent – my wife used to – when we were um, really, really young, before we got married – she was waiting tables and I was trying to, he was basically funding my attempted at photography. She'd come home with the tips and I'd literally take her tips and kiss her on the cheek and run out and pay for my film, which had just come out of the lab and then buy more film. And I'd come home and I'd show her these, these pictures and she's like, man, you got a lot of work to do. And it, it, I, yeah, those early moments, they never set me back. And it was because I was on the right path. Yeah. So folks out there, if, if you're learning and you're feeling frustrated, it's not to say that you should just immediately divert from the path as soon as something hard comes along. But if something's hard and you want to actually break through that, it, if you're doing the right thing, it's not going to seem like some insurmountable barrier. And, you know, there's a, that repeated over and over and over. That's the making of the sausage. As I was talking about earlier, then you know, we like to eat sausage. It tastes great, but the process is not necessarily what we think. And, and that has been—that's um, how my career has been. It's a series of of mistakes and learning, and mistakes and learning. And, and as I referenced earlier, a ten-year overnight success. Yeah. Um, so people look at the finished product, and uh, it's it's a lot different than what it what, what it looks like under underneath the hood. And ironically, to if I don't know if now it's a good time to segue to Creative Live, but yeah. that's in where where creative life came out of, you know, when I quit medical school, I quit graduate school and I was in a PhD program in philosophy of art, uh, to finally pursue my passion to become an artist. It was at that point I was knocking on all the doors around me and trying to find someone to internship for a mentor. And there was no option. Mm-hmm. Like one was there to say, yeah, now come on and you can sweep the floor. Cause I was willing to do anything. 
And I said, if I was ever in a position to change that, that I would. And so fast forward 10 years, I was lucky enough to, uh, start giving away information a long time before it was, it was sort of popular to do it. And while at first that was vilified and I was told that, that I was ruining the industry by sharing information and a good friend of mine named Craig Swanson was like, no, you should do YouTube videos. You should just share with people what it is that you're doing. And I think the first YouTube video I put out had 30 something thousand views over the first weekend. And this is 2005 when YouTube was just starting. I know what YouTube was. Yeah. And I saw the the need and the response that that sort of wow it was a, that this bubbling up and all I did was then replicate that because that way I got positive feedback from all the people that were interested in seeing me make mistakes and here's me learning to shoot this particular guy and gal and then here's me casting models and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, again, fast forward and uh, after you'd done that a lot and there's a large sort of a couple million people that were paying attention to what it is that I was doing. I was like, wow, wait a minute. I'm actually in a position to try and undo that problem that I actually had. Mm-hmm. These were the sort of the seminal seeds of creative live. And I mentioned earlier, my friend Craig, and he was in parallel trying to educate people with, with the web through a webinar. Well, we started looking, it's like, I got all these people that want to learn photography who are paying attention to what I'm doing. I, don't necessarily only want to be that person for them. I want I want to share that spotlight with other folks who are who are professional teachers. Maybe we can like collaborate on your technology and and sort of my audience. And I was experimenting with live. I broadcast a live photo shoot, and twenty thousand people had watched. And maybe there's a way for us to put this stuff together. Mm-hmm. Short story too long. Um, Craig came up with this brilliant model, which is that anyone in the world could watch for free. And only if you liked what you saw would you pay to download. We sought a handful of the best photography instructors in the world and, and I and connected that with the people who were paying attention to what I was doing. And Creative Live was born. It was born out of a very authentic, my personal experience, struggling yep. to find that sort of education. Because when you're in higher education, the last thing you want to do is is more, more for your education stuff. And I know we were talking earlier about like no disrespect to, to Brooks, for example, mm-hmm. great photography program. And that's for some people, but by and large, the future of education is not about sort of bloated formal degrees and learning environments. It's about casual and social skill-based, um, individually motivated learning. And it's, it's online. So all of these things have come together in a little bit of a perfect storm. I love that. I love that. And that's, that's the, it's kind of an offshoot of the classic Silicon Valley story, right? Guy struggles, guy sees problem, guy sees that problem is underserved, guy creates solution, and everyone loves it. Guy buys a Learjet, you know. So it's <laughs> that part, you know, we took a, a Series A from some amazing investors, uh, one of the best venture capital firms in the world called uh, Greylock Partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had people, you know, when you take an investment, that's all, it's all for the business. You're like, Oh man, you used to, you know, seven and a half million dollars. Like what'd you buy? Like right. I didn't buy anything. I bought myself a whole, I bought myself five years more hard work. Yeah. He's like, I can stop bootstrapping this thing now. That's what it bought me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I, the, the story is, um, I think there's a, um, there's a rhythm to these stories where you find a solution that might help a lot of people. And 
you know, to get together with Craig on this was really, really cool. And we didn't know if it was going to work. And I was like, wait a minute, there's live internet. Let's point three or four cameras at these, you know, the best instructors in the photography and filmmaking worlds and people who, you know, they, they threw it out there too. Sure. I'm off to try this interesting new platform and to connect, you know, the, the people who wanted to learn with the people who really wanted to teach mm-hmm. and technology and, and then get the heck out of the way was, um, it wasn't, there's a lot of luck involved for sure. There's a lot of good timing, but it really is something that the community has built and grown on their own. And we're, we're very much a servant of the community. If I talk about creative life as a, we, um, we, you know, the goal is to, we've, we've started to transcend out of just photography and filmmaking because yeah. in surveying the, the audience, they, they want to know about business. How do I make this sustainable? How do I, so, you know, we've launched business and productivity classes with, you know, we just did Tim Ferriss last week. Before. I know. I was going to talk about that. Yeah. Tim Ferriss, the four-hour workweek guru, right? Workweek for our body, for our chef. And, and uh, as a productivity person, he's among the best in the world. Um, Lewis Howe's coming up um, about networking. And we, Ramit Sethi talked about business and money and finance. And he's at, you know, New York Times and Amazon number one best-selling author. And so in surveying the community were really just acting as servants and they say they wanted to learn about business and productivity and they want more design classes and you know you start to see this evolving rather rather quickly and when when we took this investment from Greylock they they see the vision of this not just being able to to um I don't know blow up a little industry but really to to be able to hopefully transform education in general and i'm focused obviously on creative education that's creative live yep. but creative is, a, is a zeitgeist term right it really captures the spirit of our time where we're all becoming you know the startup of you where we're all becoming the the entrepreneur who is going to take either your photography business your filmmaking business your stamp collecting business your music business whatever it is and either amplify it as a hobby that really helps define you or excite you or motivate you or into this career, which is sort of where we started our interview on. If this can be that sort of transformative, um, I don't know, launch pad for entrepreneurs and, and artists everywhere, then we've done something right. Now tell me, what was the day like when, I know with, with Greylock, you, you, I'm sure those deals take a while to sort of architect and there's a lot of paperwork and a lot of meetings and a lot of sweat and tears and back and forth. What was it when, when, the, uh, once you got through that thicket, the day when the 7.5 number came down, 7.5 million for those who didn't catch that investment came down and it was sealed, locked and loaded. How'd that make you feel going from, I got, here's my, my, my grandfather giving me this equipment. <laughs> yeah. My grandfather gave me this equipment to, uh, look at this. I have a fully funded real business that is, on the map in Silicon Valley. Like what was that day like for you? Did you go to have an ice cream or something? <laughs> uh, it was, it was full of gratitude to be honest with you. It was, it was full of gratitude because my, at, at my core, I am an artist and to be able to struggle and go through and then find success as an artist and then be able to give something back in a way that helps other people. Mm-hmm. So hopefully sort of become or find that same path that I found that gave me so much joy um, I, I was very, very grateful. I had visions. I mean, the last time I was in the show, we had, we were talking about, um, the, the iPhone app that I created, which was best camera. Yeah. 
the idea on that app is again, it was the best cameras, the one that's with you. And what I was a major, major learning event for me major um, for the folks that don't know, it was the first photo app in the world to share images direct to social networks. Wow. So you could take a picture, add a cool effect yep. and there's in filters and then you could share it. And there wasn't an application in the world that did that. And that's, you know, that's just whatever we are four or five years later. Now we can't even think of that day as like, of course, everything, it was always how it was. But when that thing skyrocketed, you know, it was, uh, you know, millions of downloads and, and, um, top 10 app for wired magazine is the New York times, Washington post. I did 25 television interviews all over the world. That was very, really great. But what that gave me was just a sense of what technology could do for creativity. And in truth, I made a, I made some grave mistakes. The mistakes that I made were that, I mean, everyone was telling me it was, man, this thing's worth like $50 million. What are you going to do with it? And I didn't understand or didn't really want to understand the whole Silicon Valley, how to leverage that. And it was sort of a head in the sand mentality that, well, I don't want to get distracted from being an artist, but the irony is there's something very artistic and creative about it. What I didn't do then was hire a CEO and build out a team and get take the venture funding that was being offered and let that thing grow on its own. Right. So when all of that sort of manifests itself and it's still, you know, still a thriving property relative to other iPhone apps, but not it's not Instagram, but it was, you know, years before Instagram and Path and all that stuff. Yeah. What I learned is that there is a way to build a community around this. And Craig, my partner in Creative Live, um, we brought on a guy named John and subsequently a guy named Mika, who Mika was the president of, of uh, first of all, John is an amazing guy. He took out a digital download company, a music company public at the age of 25. Wow. So he came on as a COO. And then um, we were able to share our vision with a guy named Mika Salmi, who Mika was the, um, he had a quarter of a billion dollar exit with a company called Adam Films, a short form video content in yeah. 2006, and then was the president of Viacom for three years, which had 32 television brands. Comedy Central. He was the boss of all. We brought all those folks together, and we're like, that enabled Creative Live to actually hit this new pinnacle. So the the gratitude part was that I had learned from my mistakes. And it's the, it's, it's the big leagues here and there's, you're expected to perform, but again, there's nothing to replace a real honest business model, a real solution to a problem that is a mat. We're talking about, this is a global problem yeah. and let's not measure it in how many billion dollar market cap there is out there for, for casual education. Let's talk about like changing people's lives and, and putting, inserting creativity and people pursuing their passions and transforming careers like that to me is where it's really at. And when we had shown the folks down in Silicon Valley, we sort of opened the kimono and said, is this good what we're doing here? And their eyes were as big as saucers because mm-hmm. we were, you know, 50, hundred thousand people to learn about photography in a couple of days. That just, that just doesn't happen in the world. So it was full of gratitude. It was full of, ah, all of the mistakes that I'd made, all those broken eggs. Yep makes sense. And now we're, you know, very explicitly focused on how can this enrich and change the lives of the people who get behind creative live and who find value in free education from New York times, bestselling authors, Pulitzer prize winning photographers, Hollywood directors, 
if, if that is your thing, then this is the resource for you. That is crazy. Yeah. And, and bandwidth, the, the sort of increase of the high speed internet to everyone on the, you know, that well not everyone, but more people that can get this content is helping. What do you guys, and then you have an iPhone and iPad app as well, or is it just an iPad app right now? It's actually, it's, it's just made in HTML5 so that anyone in the world who's on the net and has a, a connection can watch it in any, so I know that, that the app or creative live in iPad and mobile or and, and iPhone and Android and whatnot will all be coming. And that's part of, you know, that's part of why we took funding. We bootstrapped it from day one. It had been profitable, yeah. survivable, <laughs> basically from day one bootstrapped. What, what the Greylock money is going to allow us to do is to build out a, a bigger and better infrastructure and allow m- more than, you know, we've already educated, gosh, million, million plus people in, in more than increase. But the hope is that these, you know, the, the apps that you're just talking about and that the infrastructure, we're going to spend that money to help bring it to more people for free. So, so we're, let's just talk about a couple of other things I want to get to. I know, by the way, listeners, we are recording this the day after Thanksgiving in the morning. Um, Chase and I are still, you know, suffering from tryptophan poisoning. So we're... Many glasses of wine. I'm not going to confess to that. <laughs> okay, I'd like to pause this interview and give a nod to our sponsor of this episode. So this episode of TWIP is brought to you by Shutterstock.com. At Shutterstock.com, you'll pretty much find the perfect image or video you're looking for for your next creative project, whether it's for your website, a publication, an ad, a video, or another type of project. You can choose from over 20 million high-quality stock photos, illustrations, vectors, and video clips. Shutterstock sources images from around the world and puts them at your fingertips. Many contributors to Shutterstock are professional photographers. Shutterstock reviews each image individually for content and quality before they let it get into their library. And they add over 10,000 images every day. So every time you visit the site, there'll be something new there to check out. Makes it worthwhile just to go poke around in there for inspiration. Shutterstock gives you the assets you need to bring your creative level, your creative projects to the next level. And they make it pretty easy because they give you a ton of sophisticated tools to drill down, search by subject, asset type, gender, emotion, color, and more. And in, as you find the pieces that you're looking for, the pieces of art that you are looking for, you just throw them into a light box gallery. Then you can access and share those at any time with other team members. So it's a really cool service. They've got a really cool iPad app that I'm a, I'm a huge fan of because it's really slickly designed and lets you just go poke around in there and explore and experience all the images that they have in their library. Plus, they have flexible pricing. You can choose an individual image um, or image packs or a monthly subscription, and you can download any image in any size, and you pay one single price. You don't pay more dollars for more megabytes. So very cool. They've got a ton of cool, interesting things on there. I've seen a lot of things that we've, uh, we've actually been using a lot of the images on This Week in Photo over the past several weeks, and they just work 
perfectly. So if you look at the art from the last, say, five or so episodes that shows up on the blog post, those are all Shutterstock images, and they just look fantastic. So you can try Shutterstock today by signing up for a free account. You don't need a credit card. You can just start an account, begin using Shutterstock to help you imagine what your next project could look like. You can save assets to your new light box, play around with all the features in there. Then if you decide that you want to purchase it, be sure to use the offer code TWIP11 on your new account to get 30% off any package. That's Shutterstock.com and use the offer code TWIP11 for 30% off new accounts. And we'd like to thank Shutterstock for their support of This Week in Photo. And with that, back to our program. But, you know, before I let you go, I wanted to just talk about take me inside Creative Live from a from a attendee standpoint. So there's this for the people that may not understand how you know. Of course, they get that this is distance distance learning, but there's people in the studio. This is a professional multi camera shoot with sets and all that stuff. But you know, and then there's the desktop version where you can sit at home. How does it all weave together? Um, the short version is that what we do is we take the world's best. Um, leaders, people that I think you'd want to learn from, not necessarily from a formal institution, but people who have actually done the things that you want to learn, whether that's learning how to, to um, light a room or you know, as a photographer or design something or learn from Tim Ferriss. Again, I sort of mentioned the, the caliber of teachers earlier, and that's we want to put those people in front of a live internet set of cameras, and these are between four and eight camera shoots. We bring them to our soundstage in Seattle. Four and eight camera shoots, and and we we bring them to our, our sound stage in Seattle, and we've got m- multiple sound stages up there, and we broadcast live, and anyone in the world can watch for free. You don't have to you have to do nothing. You don't have to give us email addresses. You don't have to you know <laughs> pay money to watch. There's nothing, no barrier, no friction. You just watch it like turning it on television. Except that the content that's there is from the world's best, and it's trying to, to be informational and educational. And this is skill-based learning. It's like it's not theoretical sort of out there in the ether. Um, and if you are, whether you're in um, Nairobi or Nebraska, and if you can watch this, you can consume it for free while it's live. Um, the, if you want to own a copy of it, then you press buy. And that's if you want to rewind it or stream it. You know, there's usually there's so much information that the people who this particular class is meaningful for, they have no like. There's no really hurdles other than they have to skip. You know, maybe um, forego um, going out to lunch with their friends or something. But mm-hmm. in, again, if you want this education, we want it to be, and you want to watch it over and over and over. Then we want it to be affordable. So classes are between basically forty nine and one hundred and forty nine dollars. But relative to sort of if you're out of the country, flying to the U.S., going to New York, spending three days in a hotel, attending a two thousand dollars seminar from a Pulitzer Prize winner, relative to to what those costs are, a hundred bucks, for example, sounds like a it's a, it's a great deal. Totally. But if you don't have the money, and you really you. You want this information so bad, you can sit there in front of your screen and take notes and and like any other learn in a distant environment, and, and you can do that for free. So to me, that's really I think that's where the rubber meets the road is. It really is for anybody, but those of us who can afford it and want the convenience can buy it. So we broadcast from the soundstage. There's an interface that allows anybody to watch. Um, 
I think another big differentiator from us is that it's social from the ground up. So it's not like, and tweet about this if you like it. You know, it's not like strapped onto the side. It's that is the mechanism, whether you are in Manila or Massachusetts and you want to communicate with the instructors, you ask via Twitter, uh, Twitter and Facebook, you can ask questions and we've got curating all this stuff and asking, asking questions of in photography, say it's, you know, Vince LaFerrey or Jasmine Starr or Sue Bryce, and they're answering your questions in real time. So for free, you're sitting, as I mentioned earlier, in Manila or Argentina or, or Seattle and asking questions. And it's that, that question is getting shuttled to the instructor on screen and they, they can uh, respond right to your questions. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a, I think it's a very, very interactive live. No one wants to watch a Super Bowl the day after the Super Bowl, right? Bring these large audiences together. And there's some, there's a community. You're watching this with sometimes a hundred thousand other people. Yeah. Average course attendance is like 60,000 people. That's crazy. That is just, just insane. Now, what, what about, so diversification, um, you mentioned a little bit like with, with Tim Ferriss, um, coming in clearly not on the photography sort of Photoshop side of things, more on the business and inspiration and organizational, organizational side of things. Um, moving into that genre, we're going to see more of that. And then also the adjunct to that question is the, a lot of some of the content that I've been seeing pop up on creative live doesn't take place in the studio. It's like live from a desktop, which means I was looking at that. I was like, Okay, now I was taking the lid off, you know, like I could train a course on podcasting from right here, you know, I, tell, take me through that and how that came about. So again, the goal is to take all of the, the best, because let's just talk about education for just a second. Education has fundamentally not changed for the last like 10,000 years, right? It's a person in front of a group of people. The teacher talks, the students can ask questions and communicate amongst themselves, ask one another questions. So Creative Life has just has just basically replicated all those things. So while so much is broken with education, I'm a huge. That's one of the reasons. Like I, I didn't, you know, co-found Creative Live with the goal of disrupting education, but I will say that it is a byproduct of providing something of value when everything around it or a lot of the stuff around it is broken. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're just trying to do is take those things that are the best things and then scale them. So there's no, no barriers that are geographic. There are no barriers that are financial. There's no barriers to access to these world-class instructors, which those are typically the problems that allow, you know, people in remote locations or people that are, you know, don't have the money or the time or the resources to, to get education in a different way. And basically we want to replicate that over and over and over. And as you mentioned, what's the, the future of this is not just photography and filmmaking. Well, that's our core, mostly because that's the, the sort of the background that some of its founders come from, you know, Craig from an IT perspective, servicing creative industries and me from living in them. We want, we are basically asking our audience, what is it that you want to learn? And this core group of photography photographers we're finding is a constantly it's expanding the new people coming into the creative life fold, you know, by the thousands there, these people are interested in business and in productivity and in things that transcend, like you said, photography and Photoshop. Uh, and, and you can see it into design and you, know, you just start feeding the, the, the wheel and asking the questions and it can, it really will grow into, into so many different verticals. And as to the limitations, like 
again, it used to be limited to a classroom. Education did. And, but that's not where the best learning happens. If you are, uh, you know, you're employed by a company and you go there and you have to sit at your cubicle for 10 hours, does all the best work happen there? Not really. It happens when you're in the shower or where, you know, when you've got this great idea or when you're on a train somewhere, when you're commuting. And so we want to take that same educational idea and empower the people who are educating to teach from those locations that are not just necessarily in front of a camera like you and I are. But how do we bring that to life in three dimensions from a photo studio in New York? As an example, we broadcast from, uh, from New York for a week, uh, whatever, during, during the photo week. Um, respect to the, the PDN, the Photo Plus folks yeah. who created that amazing trade show and brought everybody together. Um, we just wanted to, again, bring that to a different environment. So I think you're going to continue to see more more of that from Creative Live, from remote broadcasting, now that the technology allows us to do that, uh, and and more different verticals or more more concepts that are what our audience wants to wants to hear. Yeah, yeah, I I am and continue to be a huge fan of the model and education. So you know, hats off to what you guys are doing. It's amazing, and I'm you know I'm a I'm a Creative Live junkie as well. So you know I'm going through the ten step program or twelve step program. <laughs> I think I heard a rumor that uh, you might be thinking about it. Maybe. I I am. Yeah, I'm doing a course with you guys. So a it carefully. I will tell. I will tell your your audience, the folks that are at home listening right now, that it's not it's not just anybody. It's we we want the people who really have some insights and and teach in a way that is world class and and is a way that that gets right through to real learning and and i again i heard that we've been i'm not involved in the minute by minute you know planning of this stuff at this point i'm still focused on other you know that sort of the overall picture for creative live but i was very excited to hear that we're having a conversation with you about it and um and we're going to continue to to put amazing folks in front of in front of the deal and we've got actually you, you're one of the things I like about your podcast is that there's a huge range, right? Yeah. There's a huge range of people who are are just picking up the DSLR for the first time, for example, or maybe just they want to be able to process photos better on their iPhone. Or at the other end, I know there's a lot of pros that listen to this, and I want folks to know that Creative Live has that sort of range built in. Um, in just a couple of weeks, there's a um, that's just the fundamentals of photography class with a guy named John Gringo. John's a great, like, this is literally how you hold the thing. This is what, the, this is what a focal length and a lens means. It's really oh, great. Yeah. Super, super good. And I think you're doing something on DIY, right? Yeah. Yep. You're going to hacking this thing. And then we have, you know, super high end lighting courses from the folks that are, uh, that are the best. So hopefully we're providing education for the whole range. And if we're not, let us know. We'll, Make sure to do it. This is that, that's perfect. So I'll leave. I want to leave you with this last this last question. So the Creative Live brand is a strong brand right now. I mean, it is is it's. I would put it up there at least in the in photographers' minds and like you said, increasingly other verticals' minds. As I mean, it's up there with like the Tiffany's and BMW and just sort of not in terms of it's expensive, but in terms of just quality of the. You know you're going to get something that's worth it when you go visit Creative Live and you look at one of your courses. So, are you going to translate that into the into the sort of terrestrial world? Like, are we going to see a Creative Live conference or a Creative Live TED Talks or you know things like that? Where because you you have access to all these people, are we going to see like a physical manifestation at some point? Yeah, I can say that the the 
the line of folks that are interested in, in, in using our platform to help spread education is a long, long list. And the phone rings every day with the craziest names, like people that were my childhood heroes are, are asking if they can be on creative live. And so continue to see these great names. I am, well, I, I can't say for sure that the, that we're going to, um, like we're not interested in hunting any existing sort of models. What we want to do is do our own thing better than anybody else in the world is doing it. Sure. Service and providing free education. There is this really neat component to Creative Live that it transcends just the digital, though, because the part that I left out of, like, what's it like on the set? And as I said, these are big productions, and there's 20, 30 people running behind the scenes, all these, when you're just sitting there watching. We want it to feel accessible and, and basic. That's why it doesn't feel too slick when you're watching the screen, yeah. where we're we not like a Tiffany, for example. But it's sort of like we're the motor of BMW without necessarily the sheen. And there's a, 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 a physical component that people compete to be you know, in people's classes because we, we want a real in-studio audience. And we have found that in-studio audience to be super, super valuable. And they really, really enrich the course because they can you – know, when they're sitting in there and I'm watching Creative Live and there's a guy who – maybe has a similar background to me, similar socioeconomic background or has the same struggles. I'm sort of identifying with that, that person in the crowd. So that physical, the physical and digital nature that, that sort of two worlds that creative live lives in will continue to be, will continue to evolve. will continue to grow. Um, we'll, we'll do more broadcasting as we did from New York. We'll start broadcasting in different places with the specific goal of delivering an, an experience, an educational experience that transcends the sort of the stiff, formal, stodgy education of the past, and I looked to do it in lots of different, lots of different verticals. If I if I was to sort of compare Creative Live to say a car company, I would I would say you guys are like the Tesla of education, right? <laughs> I love that man. I love that. I love that new Tesla. That S. Is oh, that right? it's the S. I'm I'm getting one of those. I have to. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get it, but I'm getting one. That's a huge, huge compliment. And that's, um, again, we don't seek to be disruptive for the sake of disruption. And when you have a, a lofty goal of providing free education to the world um, via the world's best instructors, and I, there will be some sort of some, some casualties along the way. I think some business models are going to die in our path. But we, we're not, that's not our goal. Those are just sort of, it's, it's, a, it's a sad byproduct. The goal is sort of, making the world a more creative place. And, and the hope is that, you know, along the way that we can, we can bring a lot of people into a fold that is one that is their dream job or that's enhancing their hobby or helping them transform their life or their career in a, in a cool way. So, yeah, well, I will, I will let you get back to your, your Thanksgiving weekend. (laughs) What, uh, where, where would you like people to go? Creativelive.com obviously, but if they want to see some of your work and sort of get a better handle on, Chase Jarvis, where where would you like him to go? Just go to chasejarvis.com. There's a lot there that, that um, I publish pretty regularly on my blog. I try and add a lot of value to people's lives based sharing my experiences. Um, so just, just chasejarvis.com slash blog. And I'm all the usual places on Twitter and Facebook, just twitter.com slash chasejarvis and Facebook, Chase Jarvis. Um, or just Google, just Google Chase Jarvis. <laughs> that's it. Just search Chase Jarvis is the new, that's the new where can you find me? And yeah, no, that's awesome. Like I, I really do. I'm, I'm, I hope that the folks out there who aren't familiar with creative live will, will give it a, 
listen and and we're we're open to a ton of feedback that's we really want to be servants to the creative community so via all those same social channels with at creative live um tell us what you think because we're trying to trying to help the world be a more creative place awesome once again a awesome inspiring brain exploding interview with mr chase jarvis chase thank you i know this is this is above and beyond taking the time out of your family time today to do this interview i appreciate it and uh you know i hope the audience is as enthusiastic about creative live as i am it's not just you know there's there's no sort of monetary investment or anything here this is this is one of those those products that i just you know you should be doing it i mean if you have zero money you can have a photography education with the best of the best. It's just, you know, a perfect fit with TWIP. So I love that. So thank you. Thank you very much for having me on the show. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the show and the fact that what, how many episodes are you on, man? You're- We're in the 200s. I think 283, 282, somewhere like that. I lost track at around 100. So <laughs> One of the things we didn't talk about was stamina. That's one way that you can actually be good is just to last everybody else. Exactly. Exactly. You have the, the, the vision for this thing and to be able to do 280 episodes of anything that, that shows real commitment. So thanks for delivering all that you do to the photography community. You're quite welcome. Well, I'll tell you, I, just like I'm sure you know, I, I give as good as I get, right? So it's, uh, it's sort of a symbiosis. I look at doing TWIP as therapy. So it's, it's my weekly therapy session. <laughs> right on, man. Well, we're all grateful for your therapy. Thank you so much. All right, man. You have a good one. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Frederick. All right. Well, that was the one and only Chase Jarvis, one of the great minds behind CreativeLive.com, Chase Jarvis Live, and so much more. Chase is really awesome, and I uh, I always get inspired talking to him because he's just a down-to-earth guy. He just knows his stuff. So if you want to keep up with everything in the TWIP universe, you can check us out at ThisWeekInPhoto.com. And as always, if you're looking for me, Frederick Van Johnson, you can find me at frederickvan.com or at mediabytes.com. And with that, it is time to take that lens cap off. This Week in Photo is a PixelCore.tv production, produced by Suzanne Llewellyn, with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.